Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Phillips, and because I've killed so many brain cells, I feel like I'm getting dumber as I'm getting older. So the podcast is a great way to learn more about the things that I love. So each week we take a look at topics from the world of pop culture, including music, shout out to hip hop, movies, sports, comic books, video games, psychedelics, cannabis, and more. And the format might not always remain the same from week to week. I'm all over the place. What can I say? And I love the idea of a podcast that changes and grows with our listeners. So before we get too far, if you're listening so far, head over to ittybittypodcast.com to subscribe to the show on the platform of your choice. And make sure to say hi to us on social media. It's pretty much at ittybittypodcast for everything um, but without further ado, man, the Itty Bitty Podcast is anything but Itty Bitty. So let's get it going. Okay, we've made it to another episode of the Itty Bitty Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This week on the show, I have a father and son duo, uh, Lou and Aiden, come on the show from Lou and Aiden's Customs. Check out their Instagram page. They've got some really dope custom comic book toys. It's more like art than it is actual toys. They're really cool, laid-back guys, down-to-earth. Um, can tell they really love what they do. We talk a little bit about their dynamic and what it's like working together as a father and son. The process behind them making these awesome toys, and we talked a lot about their love of comic books and how they have like a deep knowledge for the comic books and making the comic the toys comic book accurate. So it's a really dope interview. These guys are really cool, so check them out. Give them some love. Um, this is not a podcast about badass custom comic book toys. It's the itty bitty podcast. It's anything but, and it starts now. Welcome to the itty bitty podcast. Oh, oh, it's the itty bitty podcast. Lou and Aiden, thanks for coming on the show. With things as crazy as they are right now, people tend to turn to, you know, comic books, video games, pop culture, that type of thing. And I found myself just doing a deep dive on your Instagram page because you guys have some really cool stuff on there. So if you're listening to this podcast, pause, go over and check it out. Uh, it's Lou and Aiden's Customs. Is that the yeah. name of the Instagram page? Go check it out. You can be on there for hours. Um, just looking at all the cool different comic book character creations and the mashups. And so why don't you start by telling everybody a little bit about your background in like nerddom, I guess. Like what started you in in, in to nerd stuff? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it started early on. Um, back in New York, I, I was born and raised in New York. And about the only thing that was actually close by was like this uh, corner candy store by a train station okay fortunately yeah fortunately that place wasn't just like a newsstand it was actually a comic shop where uh the guy would order tons of comics and it was everything you know like it was open to marvel dc anything that you could think of was on there on those racks you know those they were all beat up yeah. comics but uh, you don't see yeah, those anywhere not, not anymore dude mm -hmm. i mean i've been by, back to the old neighborhood a few years back it's still around but the comic rack is gone, gone so yeah no longer exists, but that's kind of where I started. I mean, I started reading um, anything across the board. I mean, I love the X-Men. I love the Avengers. That's kind of where it all started. Um, 
I even read DC stuff. I used to love Batman and the Outsiders. Um, you know, Superman, not so much because I, I kind of got into it early on and then kind of drifted a bit. I always liked the, the heroes with a little bit of a dilemma as yeah. opposed to the guy. I've uh, never been big on Superman just because it's like, it's almost like it's unfair. Like to have yeah. all that power, like it's just, just you know, it's it's a game changer. And so I, I just, to me, Superman was always, never, he's never my favorite character. Yeah. I mean, I, I shifted, I kind of liked it during the John Byrne years, which I got really into for a while there. Um, just because the art was great and the storytelling was good. But um, then I shifted off. And I mean, from there, um, I was heavily into, uh, I started to get early on into anime. I loved Gacha Men, which is G-Force back in the days, and Voltron, and all those shows. I got really into it as a kid. My mom was the teacher. My dad was a postman. So um, I had the means. Like, my dad would kind of pick up a few comics or give me a few bucks and I just grab as many as I could and just read them. And that kind of started me out. I got really into like just the world of comic books, right? Like understanding superheroes and understanding writing and then the artwork really intrigued me. And that kind of set me off. Um, it set me off on a path to go to art school eventually. And then like, that's where my training came from initially. Okay. Um, some of it was self-taught. Some of it was, um, you know, regular training. But I mean, it was funny when I was in junior high school, I was actually teaching the art class. My, uh, my art teacher just basically sat down and let me run the drawing of anatomy and stuff like that. So it was, that was my start. And then, um, I will say star Wars came into the picture. My uncle, I think he worked at a movie theater and he had a movie reel. And we saw, I, that's how I first saw star Wars on a wall in my uncle's, uh, room. <laughs> so I got into that. The yeah. original new hope. The, the original New Hope, yeah, I saw it on a film reel, oh, on, a okay. wall, yeah, on a wall in my uncle's room, and uh, that was my introduction to Star Wars. It was, it was interesting. Um, so that that all kind of just built up into sort of like a semi-career into like this whole art world, and um, I was heavily into comics. I, I, um, I worked a little bit early on. I started to get some interest from Dark Horse Comics, and I had some interest from Image Comics a little bit. But I, I kind of saw that that world was not paying. Right. It was a ridiculously difficult world, one, to get into and then to stay in. And uh, that kind of shifted my career into other places. Um, I still work in sort of an artsy type of situation. I'm, I'm in digital development and design, so I still work in creative and, and stuff like that. So with that said, a um, few years passed by. I was always into comics. My kids were always into comics. And then Aiden came along. This is my first boy, and I kind of just turned him into a geek. You know what I mean? Like, I basically, yeah, he became, he'll tell you, he became sort of like an encyclopedia. We would, I had these huge um, Marvel and DC um, kind of breakdowns of all the superheroes, and this guy would spend hours just reading, looking at them, understanding them, drawing them, and we started to call him like the, the comic book encyclopedia because right. no matter how much I knew, he knew more. Like it was weird. He'd tell me, you know, power sets and, you know, durability, like comp comparing the Hulk to the Juggernaut. He was a huge Hulk fan as a kid. Huge. He wanted nothing That's to do with That's my favorite. Anything. Hulk is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. So I got the Hulk back here. You, tell him, tell him. Yeah. And, you know, about just your kind of introduction into that world. Uh, well, I grew up. Might as well with all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's what got me into it, really, it was you. Yeah. So it kind of started that way. 
We would read comics together. We go to the comic shop together. My daughter is actually probably of everyone now, the, the new artist in the family. Yeah. So she, she's picking it up. So she likes to go to the comic shop. She's she's nine, going on 10. Um, she loves the whole, like this whole world. It's kind of built for that. You know what I mean? Right. But um, that led when we, we went from New York, we moved to Florida for a few years. I was looking for an outlet for that creativity. Like I would sketch things. I would, he would tell me to draw like a superhero. I would draw it for him and he'd be like, holy crap, this is just like the comic books. You know, like he'd lose his mind. And then um, that led to like, when we moved out to California, we started to get into like, I was always into, I have a huge collection of toys, by the way, from way back from when I was a little kid. So I still have my GI Joe collection. I still have my Voltron. I still have a few transformers and, Toys in this house, toys in basically the house is full of toys. Let's right. just put it that way. And now he's a little older, so he's a he plays baseball now, so it's a less of the toy thing. But for a long time, he's I mean, action figures, toys, and all that stuff came into the picture. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't I, without even knowing that customs existed and that people were actually working on them at the time, I actually started to just pick them up and started to work on different things. I always had great ideas in terms of like concepting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, you know what? It'd be cool if we could bring this stuff to life, you know? And that's how Luminadens came into existence. It just started one day in the living room where we sat down and he was talking to me. He was like, you know, what? it'd be really cool if so much of we did this. And how about if we did that? And I was like, you know what? That actually is pretty cool. I was really good at sculpting in school. So we, uh, it just grew into what it is now. I'm- Basically, is like that now. I definitely want to get into the whole process behind what you guys do. Um, but yeah, with with the customs and stuff, it's like the possibilities are endless with that. You can do mm-hmm. pretty much anything that you want to. If you can think about a character, you can kind of create it. And I mean, it's the same thing with, with creating a comic, but when you're doing it with, with action figures and stuff, I feel like it's just more more real life you know it's almost like jumping off the page at you um so you said that that aiden had a good skill about like you know mashing up power set skill sets and stuff was that Mm -hmm. something that you guys tried to keep you know comic book accurate when you're doing customs or are you just like you know let's just go for it or are you you know trying to kind of keep them similar as far as their skill sets go yeah, I think I think we lean more towards the comic book accurate, right? Like in terms of like power sets and things like that. Um, like every so often, I think we did like a quick like fun what if few customs mm. that we did a few years back, where what if you know Shazam was like Thor and they became something of a combination, or what if like Superman and so and so, and we started to we we mess around with that stuff. But I think what we I think where we lean more towards is taking something that currently exists and expanding on it. So if we see something cool in the comics, like a Venom thing, you know, like everything is Venomverse right now. While I love that type of stuff, I think it's kind of been overplayed the Mm -hmm. past few years. So, you know, we would take something, we would sit down and I would say, hey, look, so I'd like to do like something with the scroll, right? Like, let's just do something really cool, something off the chart, something crazy. And he would be like, well, we could Venomize a scroll. That'd be wicked. And then we'd like, 
you know what, that would actually be cool because you combine the Fantastic Four powers with the Venom sort of type of thing. And then you throw in maybe Spidey villains in there. And all of a sudden you got yourself like a really cool thing that people would like when they see it. They, it just grabs them, right? Like, and I, and I think more of this is about not necessarily the from a perspective of kit bashing or sculpting or creating, you know, um, cool toys. It's more about the creativity aspect. I think we focus on that. Right. That's like our. That's that. I think that's where our strength lies. Is we'll sit down and we'll concept something really quickly. We'll grab a few things, and it, actually on the fly, like we'd be in like Target and we see something you know, in Iraq or something. And I'm like, dude, how cool would it be if we take that and kind of shift something, do some shifting of that and blend it into like knee pads or shoulder pads or do something like that. And then he'll jump in and he'll say something like, you know what, like, let's add wings to to so-and-so. Like, let's just expand on that. And then it just becomes like a mashup of ideas. And we have stockpiled on so much stuff that luckily, and we've had so many commissions that we end up keeping a lot of stuff as well. So people send us um, and we do work and we end up keeping some stuff. And in truth, I take like, like I'll show you now, like something interesting, like this Terminator leg, right? This is a leg from a from a 15, 15 inch Terminator. Mm-hmm. And we'd actually like start sitting here right now. We're looking at creating a bike for Lobo, right? Oh, that'll be dope. And so like we have like something like this from, you know, from one series, right? From So this... This is from Halo. Oh, we take okay, something yeah. like this, take a look at it, and then we have, you know, Cosmic Ghost Rider's bike, right? And then we'd actually start like blending pieces. We'll take that leg and like extend out the bike and add something like that. You know what I mean? Like right. make the bike bigger. You know, so it's all about like I think the creativity part is what is what drives us. You know, I, I think that's what people gravitate to anybody can make a custom right like you can slap together a few arms and a few legs switch ahead and that's cool but it's it's more than that right like it's the paint it's the sculpting it's the visual representation of it It, that's what it's more about for us so like when we look at it we want to walk away and say shit man like even though we created it it's not about us right it's more like about like how are people going to see this you know what i mean and when he says dude that's dope we know right then and there, we're like, all right, people are going to love this. And like, that's really the goal. We just like to see people enjoy the work, you know what I mean? And, right. and give us feedback, you know? I was going to say it's dope too, because if you, like, you know, you might take a character that you haven't thought about in forever and then you mash it up with something and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I forgot that this character even exists. And mm-hmm. so you start thinking about and you start taking that walk down memory lane and yeah, I, I just, I really, I wanted to talk a little bit about the process and, and I guess now's the time as, as any to get into it. So you mm-hmm. you say you have stockpiled just toys on toys. Is it like a, anytime you see something, you're like, let's just get it. We'll, we'll need it at some point. Or is it like, let's go searching for specific pieces for what we need? It's a combination. Okay. And he'll tell you, right? Like it depends. It depends. It's like, it's like a spawn, spawn type figure that we need like it's just for the pieces then we'll try and find it but if it's like something that we want then we'll get it okay yeah so i mean it's random like sometimes like i'll remember things you know like i'll remember spawn figures that i bought years ago that i, I was have gonna sitting say in a i was gonna say you your know? memory for that stuff must be like 
crazy yeah, just because yeah. of all the different toys. Like, I'm a huge toy fan. I love toys. I've got a bunch of toys. Uh, that's the pr- I like. I buy toys to invest, and I'm like, I'm going to sell this down the road. And then I don't do mm-hmm. it. I'm just like, I'm just going to keep it. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so, like, for me, th- just the the amount the sheer volume of different toys that are out there that you could just choose from i mean you just have to you, it's crazy I, I just can't imagine how brain, big that encyclopedia has to be to just be able to pull up like i need the piece from you know this series of spawn yeah. that's that's nuts that's crazy that's awesome yeah i think i think that like i said this part of it is that and part of it is just literally like i'll be sitting at my table you see it back here right like if I'll show you the table back there, you'll see like, hold on, let me let me shift you over so you can see it a little closer. But you'll see like a stockpile of different things, right? And we could be making, uh, let's just say a venom pool, right? Mm-hmm. We could be making a venom pool and then four other figures at the same time. We 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 end up we end up right now. We're probably doing about ten or ten uh, different commissions right now. So what happens is when the table is kind of set up like that, a lot of the time, it's like it takes. A, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's that it's something that over the years you learn as an artist, but it's actually looking at this stuff. And sometimes I'm not even using the stuff to my left, and I'm working on a project on my right. But I'll look to the left and I'm like, dude, those would make great knee pads. And so I'll pull out something from there. And like having the having that sort of like. I think it's a, it's a willingness to gamble mm. too, right? Mm. There's a, there, you know, everybody sometimes gets so they get so stuck on the structured part, like oh, you know, like that's a knee joint. That knee joint has to be a knee joint on something that I'm working. Right. On. I think if you if you look at something, a knee joint could actually be a shoulder pad. A shoulder pad could actually be a cover of a boot. You know what I mean? And sometimes like being able to kind of see that, and I think it takes years of practice. It's not something that happens overnight. I think it just takes practice of kind of thinking really outside of the box to come up with something cool, right? Like whether it's fur, like we were in a Hobby Lobby a few months, few, like maybe about two months ago. And uh, Aiden, I tell you, we're, we're sitting there and as we're walking through, we saw like furs, like on the wall. And so I was like, dude, how dope would it be to put a real fur on Um, Thor? Like, you know, and and while that has been done, there's ways of doing it a little different. And so like you have like this guy right here, let's show them real quick, grab is for, we have a a client in LA who loves the Hulk. Mm. This guy, that's why Mm. we have a lot of Hulk stuff. We, he's kind of commissioned us to do a crap load of Hulks for him on different scales. And so this guy, this is a Hulk outdoor that mm. the character exists, but we were like, let's just throw some really wicked new design on it. Like the character exists, but let's throw fur on him. Like, like how you see as guardians and sort of Vikings and right. let's throw, you know, something else, a tunic on him and get some wrap around his arm. And so this guy right now is on the bench, you know, we sculpted his whole head. Right. And if you see him, his whole head is re-sculpted. He's got the fur on the shoulders. See it? And so like that, that's kind of like that type of thinking that I'm talking about. Right. right? Like it's like, it's like just not necessarily like seeing it, but not seeing it exactly for what it is being a little bit of like seeing things a little 
differently than normal. Like reach out the box, try something different. And it, it usually pays dividends. And are you drawing everything out before like you, or is it just like, yeah. let's throw everything on the table and kind of go to work? Yeah. I would say about maybe 70% of the time we do that. Like I'll, you know, I'll sketch something like I'll be at work. I'll sit back, you know, during lunch. And then I'll just say, you know what, like good idea would be like, I'll get inspired by something like Loki. Let's just those horns on Loki's head. It'd be dope if I sketch something out like that. Let's see what we can do, how we could come up with something really cool with other things. So I'll sketch parts. Sometimes I'll sketch the entire character and would be like, okay, so arms, I'll point at the arms. These are the armor. This is the armor that I'm thinking. You know, this is the knee pads that I'm thinking. The head, I'll sketch the head and I'll say to myself, well, there's kind of five different heads. And if you ever see, sometimes we we take pictures and post them on Instagram of the, the figure, right? And then all these pieces all around him, right? Like there'll be like 25 different pieces around him, three different heads, you know, two different shoulder pads, two different hands, feet. And like initially... That's kind of go. That's where it's coming from. The art side, like we take the art side, sketch it, plan it out, and then all of a sudden we got all these pieces in front of us, and we're still deciding what's going to happen. Like right. at that point, like it's like, will this work? Will this not work? You know, like and and if you look at one that we did a few years back, like we just did, we're working right now on a Hulk, that's a Mecha Hulk that Ooh, we've cool. been commissioned commissioned for, and I think it's on the Instagram page, and you'll see how many pieces initially are on there. Then all of a sudden, we'll do the first round of like testing to show what we've come up with initially. And there'll be different pieces. Like all of a sudden you have the third head instead of, you know, there's four different options. We picked option number three and then we'll test it with option number two and we'll test it. Then we'll test the knee pads and the boots and all that different stuff just to kind of blend it properly. Right. And I think, you know, as an art coming from, from as an artist. There's something that we learn called the line of action, right? And that line of action in anything, you know, is what gives sort of um, a character in a comic book sort of depth, right? Like all of a sudden it goes, the line of action goes from being a flat character running across the page to a character running outside of the page, right? Mm. And so, you know, that different sort of perspective and views of things and that line of action, I kind of utilize that with these characters as well which is why you'll see like sometimes we'll have characters with like thunder coming out of their hand or they're posed a certain way or you'll see a cyclops with the smoke coming out of his glasses it's in our heads it's more about like it's almost like a moving toy right we want it to look like cyclops just shot his beam and it's sort of like walking towards something and the smoke whatever's coming out of his eyes is coming you know like a lot of that is that you know and you'll see it in our work a lot um we do it a ton and, and i think it adds things people get excited when they see stuff like that because they they almost feel like the toy's alive i don't know they, that's just me there's been a couple you know? of things that you've posted on instagram where i'll i'll go and i'll look at it and i'll like I'll, on a second look i'll notice details that i didn't notice the first time um and that's you know some of my favorite part about it is just the, the little details so let me ask you this. Is there any, is there a project out there that you, that like is your either holy grail like that you want to do that you haven't been able to do for whatever reason or what, you know, or is there a project out there that 
was would have been like your one of your favorite projects, but it just either was scrapped or, you know, just never saw the light of day. Yeah. I mean, there's times like you'll see us, which rarely we do, because the one thing that we're really like focused on is we love to when we start something, we finish it. Okay. We're not those guys who like there's guys out there and no disrespect to any of them. We love them all. Like we we don't we don't like knock anybody's work, man. It's all about the art. I mean, we love everybody's work. That's just how we work. Um, but there's guys out there who shoot stuff out and they'll show 50 different customs that they're working on and you'll never see the finished product right. ever. And that kills me. Like it just kills me just because of how I grew up in the trade. Like you start something, you finish it. It's just like a comic book, right? Like pages one through 18, you start it and you finish it. 18 page, the end. You right. finish it though. Um, so a lot of the time you'll see progressively, like you'll, we try to show different stages so that people can see, hey, you know, where we're at, work in progress, update number two. Oh, you know, added new shoulder pads and hope you guys like that. You know, like we'll throw that out there. But at the end, usually the signature shot or images or video usually have our logo on it and the character's name at the bottom. If you look at that, you'll, that means this character is done. We finished him. He's either shipping out, you know what I mean, in a few days to whoever it belongs to, or he is now sitting on our shelves um, somewhere in this like craziness of toys here. Um, and in the beginning, I will tell you that we did not take commissions. We refused to take commissions in the beginning. I think the first, right, the, the first three, four years, so you did it for free? We did no. We did our own work. Oh, like we gotcha, didn't gotcha. I got you. You just were doing it as yeah. okay. I was like, what? We basically, yeah, we had a really hard time parting with our pieces, not because of anything, but because we put so much love into them that when it came to it, Aiden would give me a hard time. I would tell him, "Hey, listen, you know, like I'm thinking of putting up the uh, logo for sale." He's like, "What are you talking about? Like, no way, dude! All the work that went into that—are you crazy?" Like, he would give me this whole spiel of what of why we shouldn't get sell him and so i put him back on the shelf and he lives there for another two years you know like yeah so um it was maybe about two two and a half years ago of doing this that um we started getting a lot of questions like it wasn't like you know people here and there we started getting people saying hey you know like i would really love to buy your you know the spawn design that medieval spawn that you did a few you know a few years back you know, would you be interested in selling them? And so as the more questions came in, and then of course I'm married, understand that a wife is a definitely, she throws a wrench in a lot of stuff. So <laughs> she started to say, you know, what are you going to do with all this stuff? Like, it's all great. It's all cool. But you collect, you make, you do all this stuff. Like we have tons of stuff, you know, and she would wean me about it, dude, over and over again. That doesn't include the comic book collection that I've carried over the last few years. I'm in the through. same boat. My wife is like, so you're selling some of these comics, right? I'm like, eventually, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm waiting, you know, I'm waiting until the market's right. And uh, yeah. I've got yeah. like trading cards, sports cards. I've got action figures. And yeah, it's the same thing. She's just like, when's some of this stuff going to be going out the yeah. door? I um, know. I mean, it's interesting because she comes in here and she just looks at everything and she starts to calculate and she goes, do you know how much money you have in here? Like literally, even if you sold this stuff for half the price, there is a ton of money in here. 
And so, you know, out of the funness of it, um, I think that's kind of what compelled us. And then it was actually interesting to start listening to people and saying, well, you know, people will come to us and say, you know, I would love to see your version of, of Hyperion, right? Like, it would be great for you to do a Hyperion. We would love to see your work. And by the way, I, I would be willing to pay X amount of dollars. And that kind of, the, that coupled with everything else started to get us like, you know what, you know, maybe like the fun part of all of this was we loved making them at one point, but then now it's kind of about a legacy a right. little bit. Like it kind of became like- Maybe we like can make like, another Lobo. Exactly. Yeah. And so we, we got to a point where we started to say, you know what, every piece we can have add a unique element to it that's different, but it could sit on someone else's shelf right. instead of ours. And then that's where this all started to expand out to. We did it a little bit. We took 20 the first year commissions. I think it's three years we've been doing. We took 20 the first year. And I was like, I'm not doing more than 20 commissions because I want the creativity to stay the same. And then the following year, we did 60. And then this year, I, I mean, just starting between the end of last year to this year, we've done quite a bit. And so that all has sort of grown into what Lou and Aiden's is, you know, like right now. And we just really enjoy doing it. It's right. really, that's what it's all about, you know? And a lot of guys keep asking us like, how do you guys do this stuff? And, you know, like, I was like, you know, you gotta love it first. You know, like if you love it, you'll put that extra umph into it and just people will recognize that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's, that's pretty much us in a nutshell, man. Like, you know, we'll sit here and especially now that everyone's on lockdown, you know, we've been having some, we've been having some fun. We finished up Exodus a few days ago um, for a guy out in um, Atlanta. So he, he commissioned us. And so we finished him up, sent him out. Um, we did Hyperion and Cyclops um, just got, you know, we finished those guys up. Um, and then these Hulks, we're working on them. But we're doing literally at least 15 projects all at the same time. Like they're all being done. But we we do really well with the time management thing. We we spend specific time. Nah, I mean, I literally wish I could show you all the bins of pieces that we have broken into specific sections. So when I say to myself, you know what, I need, I need, I'm I'm gonna make a snake, guys. Let's just use that. Like, so I want to have a certain type of gear. I have a I have a whole stash of military type gear and I go in that I've accumulated over the years and I just start looking at it and seeing how to make that work. And the same thing with everything else. I mean, we have body parts, hands, legs. I mean, like I can't even tell you, I can't even begin to tell you how much of this stuff we have laying in bins, but we are organized enough to know where everything is. So when we are looking for a specific foot, that foot is in bin this one, in a boot bin and we pull it out and then sometimes if we go with it sometimes we might actually find something better you guys <laughs> are like uh <laughs> you guys are like action figure uh serial killers <laughs> <laughs> yeah good way to put it into some in some respects that is true <laughs> <laughs> so is the end game you know to do this full time and do the, do only this, or is this going to be, you know, is this just something that you like to do and, you know, you'll kind of take a max on commissions every year? 
I think, I think it's a combination of things. Who knows, right? Like the thing is, is that my career, I, I've done very well career-wise in my, in my lane of digital production and um, working on in technology and that world, that's my world and I've done well there. So it's hard to just say goodbye to that. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the creativity that I, that comes into all of this works in all of that, right? Like my job is essentially to concept Let's just throw out an example. Um, you know, we have a huge Super Bowl pitch that's coming up, right? And I'm working with a specific client, which I can't say right now. But, you know, that whole thing is a creative aspect of things. I have to sit back. I have to concept. I have to think how that can happen from A to Z, right? right. Until the day that that goes live. So a lot of it aligns with what we do here. You know what I mean? So I get enough of the creativity in that that I don't necessarily think that I need to leave that world completely. Right. I think the end game for us, I mean, who knows if ever we ever, you know, were approached to create an action figure toy line. Sure. We jump all over that, you know, like, do I have the time to do it? I'd be telling you right now, it would be difficult with everything, but we would make the time to do it, right. you know? Um, but again, to me, that's not the end goal. I think really the end goal is just the fun aspect of and the creativity aspect of it. I just love doing it. He right. loves doing it. I mean, we have a lot of fun with people commenting on it. We have fun with friends saying, dude, you guys really make that stuff? And then they come to the house and they can't believe how much of this stuff actually exists. And then we both played sports. So we were both really, you know, I was a good baseball player, football player. He's a baseball player, a really good baseball player, football player. So we come from a world where sort of the, the spiel on geeks is the total opposite. Yeah. So it's really interesting, right? Like, so jocks and geeks at one point in time were totally separate. I tell him that all the time. Back in my time, the two groups were completely separated. So I had my super geek, you know, friends that knew about Star Wars and that were artists and art. And then I would run over and play baseball in the afternoon with the baseball team or the football team. And those guys were totally not the opposite, right? So I had to learn how to balance that. He's fortunate. Because we're in an era where geeks are actually cooler than athletes to some yeah. extent. And being a little bit of both is actually an even cooler thing. You know what I mean? So he's lucky in that sense. So that takes up a lot of our time too. A lot of people ask us, how do we even have time to do this stuff? Because we train, you know, we're constantly training. He's in school, trains, you know, after school, he's got schoolwork. And then he sits back and he helps me here. Then I've got work. I help him and we work together when we train, we weight lift, we, you know, we work on his hitting and fielding. And then we're in here tinkering with shit, you know, like it's just, it's a lot. But uh, like I said, you have to love it, man. If you love it, you, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like, it, yeah, it feels like just part of our daily lives. It's so ingrained in us at this point that we can't do it without the other. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a whole cycle right. throughout our day. What type of stuff do you guys disagree on? Oh, he's he's a knucklehead. So <laughs> he thinks he knows it all. He thinks he knows it all. So remember that part where I told you he's an encyclopedia? Yeah. It, got, it kind of got to Always fight. <laughs> it, gets, it gets in his head sometimes. So he like, you know, he's, he's, and he's as adamant about his belief in things he's got a lot of his mother in him he's about as adamant about his belief in certain things that he will fight me to to the tooth and nail to the end 
I was like, dude, I come from an art background, dude. Like, I know what I'm talking. He's like, yeah, all right, Mr. Know-it-all. And he's kind of right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you need, you need that, you need that kind of, I think the blessing in the whole thing is that we come from different eras of geekdom, right? Like, I come from the old school, traditional, artistic. I learned the specific way. I'm very structured and trained. I saw the original Star Wars and the superheroes that existed in my time were not the same as the superheroes that existed in his time. And then he comes from, you know, you got to remember, he, he's he got Dragon Ball Z and he's got Power Rangers. He had teen, you know, we both had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Power Rangers, not so much. But the the world that he comes from, the level of anime where it has gone to from my time. I mean, I was watching G-Force and Voltron, and that was about the extent of the anime that I knew of, and that blew me away, right? And then Thundercats came along, and that just had me on the floor as a kid. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. He's already had that on top of he now has Avengers movies. He has the re- Doctor Strange. He has the Hulk. He has movies to actually uh, that are tangible that I was dreaming of when I was a kid. So the perspectives are very different in the way that we approach things and see things because we come from a different generation of geekdom. Like, you know, like he's, he, he sees things differently than I do at times, but it works. I will tell you that because there's a lot of times where I'm working on something and he says something and it actually resonates. Like, it's like, holy crap, dude. Like I didn't even think of that in that perspective. But yeah, that makes a ton of sense to do it that way. And then we're doing something, you know? So pretty much that's how it, that's how we function. I mean, we just have a lot of fun with it, you know? So I want to ask you guys a couple random questions. Um, sure. Usually I do, like, I'll pick a couple different random things to do. So let me see which one we're going to start with here. So let's start with this one. So because of everything that's going on, um, I want you guys to think up a, a mashup, a superhero mashup that would be able to defeat the coronavirus easily. Oh. Like which which superhero mashup would you would you call on to save the day right now? You no, know, it'd be interesting. Um, what are you thinking? Uh, well, if we need smarter people, uh, then I would choose a smarter people like. Heroes with higher IQs, like Mr. Fantastic. Reed Richards? Yeah. You do need a melding of super minds to kind of come up with the virus a virus solution. Okay, I so, like where your head's going. Yeah, so I, I mean, we would, uh, that would be my first approach, and I think that seems like that's where he's going with it, where, you know, Reed Richards and Tony Stark and who some of the greatest minds in the Marvel Universe, I would even pull in Doom, right? Like, Doom is about... You know, doom is about controlling all things, but whenever the world is in need, you know, he, he isn't stupid enough to think of if there was no world, what am I, you know right. what I mean? Exactly. What am I in control of? So I think that there's a genius behind that. Um, I think the mind is what's needed. And I think right now, especially with the coronavirus, we probably need the most intelligent people on this planet to at the very least come up with something to kind of save the day at this point. Um I mean, for me, I think that's where we would land in terms of like how that could happen. But I mean, there's so many other things, right? Like how cool would it be for people to just like meld with a symbiote, right? Like a venom. And then we don't have to worry about the disease, right? Right. Like at all. (laughs) Or the virus. 
for that matter, right? We become sort of like these hybrid, indestructible people. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at, man. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, that was a good answer. I like that. That was, I mean, yeah, I, I would have thought a diff gone a different direction and gone like which, which powers, but yeah, I guess like we do need smart people. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard. Things. It's hard to think of powers, right? Like, cause when it comes to like saving lives, right? Like they really aren't like super medical guys. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like it usually has to be something that they can, uh, provide to help with that right like marvel zombies is a good example of that right like the marvel zombies comic when the virus spread right there was some of the most intelligent minds were gone already <laughs> you know right. what i mean like and so it was just it just became like use your abilities to survive the best way that you can and um that series went crazy for a little bit uh but i loved it deceased is good too I will deceased. say, I don't know if you've read that. I haven't deceased. read this. I've got a couple copies of Deceased that I haven't got to yet. Um, Marvel Zombies, I did not get into, um, but that sounds really dope. Um, Early on, it was good. Yeah. Uh, the second wave, not as good, but Deceased is really good. Deceased. Those covers yeah. are sick, the Deceased covers. The um, artwork is fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. So let's go with another random question here. So best part my favorite part of like the 80s and 90s i grew up i was born in the 80s grew up in the 90s and you know the best part about a lot of the action figures was that there was tv shows to go along with them yeah um, so what would you guys who would be your pick for like mashup for a tv show in 2020 mashup and tv show for like um, an old school cartoon type tv show Old school. Oh, you want to know something that I've always wanted to see? He doesn't know too much about it, but I told him about it. But I, you remember that? I don't know if you remember that cartoon, Silverhawks. Silverhawks. It sounds familiar. Was it a yeah. comic book? No, wasn't a comic book related uh, '80s cartoon. But um, they were they were sort of like a they were bird versions, a bird techno technological advanced versions of Thundercats. So each oh, one had like yes. a suit like Iron Man. Now I know. You know what I mean? About, yeah. And then they had like suits and they could do different things. But I always wanted to see like how that would that world would combine with like the technology of a Tony Stark and an Iron Man and make like a group of heroes like that. Mm. Because they were really cool. They had birds and, you know, like one of them had a hawk. The other one had an eagle. And like each one had like, but they were pretty badass like at that time. Um but in terms of like blending things, I mean, honestly, I think what everybody at this point wants to see is I think we've all kind of ingested enough of the Marvel heroes and the DC heroes, right? I think it would be cool if DC and Marvel just kind of crossed their shit aside mm. and like did some interesting crossovers. Like who's going to lose on a cartoon that does a great crossover? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think anyone loses on that. And I do think the market at this point, especially for the DC side more so, would lend itself well to it, right? Like we talk about, like what are your favorite cartoons right now of the most recent that we saw? The most recent? Flashpoint, right? Yeah, I used to like, I used to like, the D I used to like a lot of the DC, DC shows and stuff, more than Marvel shows. The cartoons, yeah, for sure. Like the original uh, Batman? 
I watched a little bit of that. Like, yeah, I watched I watched more like DC than Marvel. Like, well, the only show that I really liked from Marvel was like the Incredible Hulk cartoon. Yeah, that was like the best one for me. Yeah, but then I also liked the Flash series that they had too, because I love Flash. So it was like. But you mean more on the cartoon side? Yeah, you mean you're talking TV and cartoon, yeah. right? Yeah, I think I think we we found that in ourselves too. I think I grew up more heavily in Marvel because I grew up in the era of the X Men. You know what I mean? And the X Men were like huge during my time growing up, right? Like they were massive. And then McFarlane started drawing Spider Man, and Spider Man became popular. Yeah. You know, and then from the X Men, it went to X Force, and all these great things started to happen in that world. But but what we found is that for TV shows, Marvel doesn't really do a ton of good TV shows anyway. But TV shows, definitely, we love watching The Flash. DC, we, yeah. yeah. And, the X-Men and show we, from the 90s was one of my favorites. Yes. That intro. He didn't, he's seen it, bits and pieces. Disney but he didn't Plus. Experience the hysteria, yeah. yeah. He, didn't, he didn't experience sort of the hysteria of that I because I remember. Those. But he watched them too. When that guitar riff comes in, that's mm-hmm. when you know. <laughs> yeah exactly and then i mean there were so many good ones I, I used to like spider-man and his amazing friends and then i remember when the x-men crossed over into that remember those times yeah. i mean there was some good stuff i mean i think that 80s generation of cartoons were significantly better than than on a regular basis than what we see now right like the kids don't get the cartoons like on you know daily or weekly basis like the way we used to back in the days that's why i don't understand people who complain constantly about the like all the different adaptations and all the different like if you go back and you watch like when i was growing up i my mom would like get ready for work i was she was a single mom so she would get ready for work while i was getting ready for school and i would throw on the tv and i would watch all the old shows of like you know batman i would watch the adam west batman and like Mm -hmm. it was cool as a kid but like if that was all we had if adam west batman was all we had you know then we'd have a reason to complain there's so many options that i just don't understand why people just don't change you know like flip to a different youtube video or go to a different netflix series or go to a different comic book series it's just there's so many options yeah Yeah, there's tons of stuff out there i mean but i you know for me personally i do enjoy the the dc cartoons too Mm. like what we call cartoons because these are like modified better versions of cartoons right they're true like they're real stories within a window um but we we've watched those a ton of times i mean i did love the um the incredible hulk and wolverine one Remember, yeah, right? yeah. Remember the that was one of the best ones. The Hulk yeah. Wolverine, Hulk Thor. Yeah, Hulk Wolverine. But the Hulk Wolverine was a lot of fun because Deadpool was in that. Yeah. Remember, and then there were like a few, like the Weapon X program was in that. Mm-hmm. That was a really, really well done cartoon, as well as uh, was it? Is it uh, Planet Hulk? Yeah, Planet, Planet Hulk awesome. is good yeah. too. Yeah, love so those that. are good. I mean, if there was ways, in, you know, in terms of mashups, I, I would love to see things. You know, even outside of the scope, like things like, you know, a lot of heroes in image comics we've seen through the years. I would like to see some of those make it into cartoons. You know what I mean? But but I think for the most part, I think it would be a lot of fun to see Marvel and DC put some differences aside and make something happen. Even if it's in a cartoon format, it would be great. Like to see like Avengers Justice League and something big that happens, you know an epic space odyssey type thing where the universes end up combining mm. and or end up, you know, end up having to save each other's universe by uniting. Like that would be really epic. 
I think I would definitely pay to see that too. Yeah, that would be amazing. Sure. So, uh, what's what's a t- uh, either like a toy or like a, a piece of a toy that you have been looking for for a long time and you're still looking for? Like, I know you said that oh. if, if there's a piece that you want, you get it. So, is there one that you're still like in an eBay bidding war for, or like <laughs> what's the holy so, grail toy for you? Um, holy grail toy that was, you would want to work on. Oh, oh, that that's a whole different ball game. Well, um, we can do both. We can do holy grail toy for like for your collection, and then let's do let's mm-hmm. do holy grail for for like if you were gonna desecrate any old toy that people would just the be one like, toy that you really wanted. Mm-hmm. Was the Voltron toy? Yeah, and we mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. So for for a number of years, that's the Holy Grail toy. Yeah. For a number of years, yeah. as a kid, I remember the my dad one time. I mean, we didn't come from like a whole lot of money, so toys were like my dad loved toys. He wasn't artistic, he wasn't anything, but that man loved toys, and that was always something that we connected really well on. You know, um, and one day. He came home and he brought the Holy Grail, which was a Voltron that he mm. bought in in Chinatown um, in New York. And so years passed, you know, went to school, did all these things. And my mom, for the most part, I was able to save some things, but there were some things I wasn't able to save. And for a long time, I wanted that die cast Voltron figure, mm. the big one. <laughs> I was wanting that thing for years. And my wife kept saying, no, you can't spend that type of money on that and blah, blah, blah. And finally, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I finally got him. And he's just like sitting up there. Mm. Now, Voltron, so people understand why I love that cartoon. That actually was my inspiration to become an artist. I was a kid and all I did every day was try to draw that that character. Like it was everything about it. You know what I mean? And so... um, that is that piece means a lot more to me. You know what I mean? In terms of like historical value, right. it means a ton to me. You know what I mean? Um, he also wanted a Millennium Falcon. Too. And I wanted a giant Millennium that was Falcon. Mine. That he was is mine. Up on this wall. That right was here. mine. The one that opens he up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a he friend whose up. brother had that one. And we used to like, I think he was getting rid of all of them at one time. And he just, he, they threw them all in a bin. And I think they got rid of it and they didn't tell, like, they didn't tell me that they were getting rid of them. And I was so mad because I would have paid for that. Oh, like, I would have been pissed. But let me tell you a story. You're going to love our story on that one. We met that on a freaking. We Florida bought show. that. We were, we lived in Florida for five years, right? We wanted, it was like super hot day. And we were like, let's take a, let's like run through the neighborhood and just kind of like have fun walking through the neighborhood, walking through the neighborhood. And somebody has a garage sale and mm. these kids, have this thing sitting on the grass outside for like two hours. And I walk by and I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know how much I got that thing for? You wouldn't believe it. Five bucks. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Did you did you talk them down to ten or were you just like, I'll take it for ten? I, I was I walked up, I looked at it and I was like, holy crap, this thing is in like really good condition. You know, like I started looking for the pieces and the pieces were there. Oh, man. And I said, oh, my God. So I told the lady, I was like, I thought she was going to tell me she wanted 60, 70 bucks for it because it's a Star Wars. So you know how people are. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think they knew what they had because mm-hmm. when they didn't realize that the top opened up. 
and there were a ton of pieces in there. There was pieces in there that were never touched. Oh my goodness. And she's like, yeah, just give me 10 bucks. I walked off with that thing. And that thing <laughs> now hangs on my wall. It is like a piece it, that it I love. Piece, yeah. um, and then for a number of years, I wanted, um, just so you know, there's nothing out there currently that I'm desperately wanting. Um, fortunately, we've been able to kind of grab those things through the years. Um, but there was one for a long time that I really wanted, which was Fin Fang Foom, the builder build figure. Right. And, and I wanted him really bad. And 300 bucks, 200 bucks. I was like, damn, man. Like, I love toys. I'd be willing to spend that much on something else. I don't know if I'd be willing to spend that on him. And I fortunately was able to get him for about 160 bucks nice. from a guy. But he sits on our shelf over here. See up here. I we think I saw a picture. Him. I think he put that he had a picture on Instagram of that one. I was like, yeah, I was wondering yep. if you, well, you had the hero click version. Yeah, yeah, I had the hero click version, which from San Diego Comic Con came along, which is that wow. one. Gotcha. This thing's a long time. He's a beautiful piece too, but I really wanted that guy, and I got him uh, about a year and a half ago. But currently, like right now, the way I mean, I, I see toys a few different ways now. You know, as you get older. You start to see them a little differently. He sees them a little differently now too. We love them. We we like have wants, but I think we've been lucky. Like I said, we've really been lucky in getting some of like these like integral pieces that we wanted to the collection. Um, and so we have them. I mean, I think one of the most fun things we bought in recent years that we were, I mean, we were stoked for like two weeks was the Justice League Batmobile. Mm. I don't know if you've seen that thing. That thing is like, I mean, it's right now, it's sitting on my wall. It's a tank. I, I actually hung it up because, see it right there? Oh, yeah, that thing is a tank. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, that the level of excitement that occurred when that, when I, that thing came, I ordered it. I can't even tell you how excited this guy was. He, like, lost his shit. And so, like, we were, like, and we played with that thing. We didn't even drive it around. We just visually just looked at it, played with it, and looked at it, and just moved the pieces. Just because it is such a huge piece, and so, I mean, it's beautiful. It is a great, great, great piece. I dream of that piece actually painting, repainting, repainting it, it, and making it look like, like you know, like a little worn with the with like the metal scratches mm. and stuff. I think that's gonna happen. I just don't want to do it yet. Because I still just love the piece so much, I don't, I don't want to mess with it yet. Right. You know, <laughs> I can't wait for all this stuff to be over. To I was like just about to go, like on my yard sale in season, and I went, I made it to mm -hmm. one flea market before they started locking everything down. I'm like, man, I just that's some of the stuff you can find at, at yard sales. Oh, yeah, crazy. It's crazy, yeah. craziness. He'll tell you. And we have found if, so many things. We had, we we live in Orange County, California, and so. There's like flea markets. Like, have you been to the San Bernardino one? Yep, we've been to. You're talking about uh, what you call? He's talking about uh, Frankenstein, right? I used Frank to live in San Fernando Valley for a, a couple years, and I would mm -hmm. drive out to San Bernardino for that um, that flea market every once in a while. They always had awesome stuff. You can get yeah. toys, video They're games, awesome. craziness. Yeah. That and now they bought a new building. So oh, now yeah. they're in a, it's huge. huge. New parking lot. That's cool stuff. Huge. We didn't get to go yet because of like, we've been talking about going the last few weeks, but we've been so busy as the family. And then this hit and now mm -hmm. no one's going anywhere. Right. So it's like, but um, yeah, flea markets, we hit up. 
we hit up a bunch of them. Um, we go with the family. The whole family goes, and everybody knows that we're hunting but not hunting. You know, like my wife, uh, she'll see, like, you know, something, and she's, like, hesitantly telling me, did you see that uh, Spider-Man diorama over there piece? Like, and I look at it, and I buy it, you know. Like, right. She's like, you, do you really need another piece? But, yeah, she told me. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> almost like, you, what, do you want to tease me yeah. for it? So, anyway. That's but, thing you don't understand. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Now that he mentions that, he mentioned something very interesting. So one of the things I think I we've wanted to get into for quite some really? time is actual statues, mm. like the, you know, the the sideshow collectible giant statues. Right. Um. That's something that um. I've toyed with the idea. The problem is. We have a great workspace here um, currently, but these things, I have a cousin in New York who is a massive collector. He is like, he was an artist as well. Huge collector. The problem with these things is that they're so big, they're really hard to showcase, Mm. you know, like, and in here with all the stuff we currently have, I don't think we would even have enough room to do it. But let me tell you something. I will tell you. Especially in now that we we've incorporated um, 3D printing into our work oh, now, nice. the last about year and a half. So we, we have a 3D printer. So how does that work? So it's interesting. So you you know we're able to kind of print parts, um, things that that are needed, heads that are needed. Like we we will Two print different right things. Here. Yeah, buckets of heads that we've printed. And I kid you not. And so like pass me, pass me the whole one. So when you're doing 3D printing, are they, are you putting like, what are you, you showing as a design? Like, how does it know to print up that version of the Hulk head? Well, so, so there's two ways of doing it. You could either create it yourself in Blender. So okay. there's a program that you can modify things um, and then print them. Right. So the, the, the 3D printer has a software program. You pull, you pull in, you know, whatever design you make, whether it's an object or um, an STL cool. file, and then you print it. So like, you know, there's things that you could do, like you could print arms, you could print legs, you could, I mean, there's, there's just a plethora of things that you could do. You can find free stuff like logos that go on the superhero's chest, mm. as opposed to having now to fully sculpt that you could you can, you could print it and then sculpt on top of it. You know, like right. there's really great ways. We did that recently. I don't, I'm pretty sure you probably saw it recently. Aiden, pass me the Hulk, the, the, this Hulk head. The Ray Hulk? Yeah, Joe fix it. And so uh, this is one that we we recently so this was a three D print of oh, a yeah. cheesy version of Hulk. Right. And I actually sculpted over the entire piece to kind of turn him into that. Yeah, it's like right? the Jack it's almost like the Jack Kirby version, right? Is that what yeah, it looks so, like? Yeah. So so yeah, so th- that the three D printing brings a great element of it, it differentiates things right like there's something cool about not using a head that's already created and sculpting over it but printing something and not only printing it designing it you know making a guy angry or happy you know like however you want to do it the control is really cool with that um you could you could find all kinds of pieces too like i could literally if i like this this lobo bike that we want to make I could find tons of pieces that are just random space pieces. You buy it, and it just has these different forms of pieces that you could put in different parts of the bike to kind of accentuate things. And then you add sculpt, and you add these different things. And all of a sudden, you went from something that was 
pretty cool to something that is like, holy shit, now that's cool. Right. You know, like that type of thing. Um, you know, so it, it brings a whole new element of, of, of thinking too for us. Like it's another way now, another avenue to really also express our creativity, not just through the means of something that's already existing and we've changed it into something, but actually doing something that doesn't exist anyplace else and creating something that's specifically unique to Luminatins. So that that part has been really, really a lot of fun with the 3D printer. And we have a small one right now. We're looking yeah, towards getting the Phenom. We're looking at the Phenom right now. The Phenom is just this, I mean, like he even will tell you, like it's just an incredible 3D printer that we could do so much with. It's ridiculous. And it's like, you can literally print, you know, a Hulk like this right. big, like literally printed um, out, yeah. scale wise. Like, you know, that's one of the limitations of the smaller ones. There's just so much you could do, you know, in, in each print, like you could do a forearm to scale. Like you could do something like for a 12 inch figure, an arm, a hand, like different things like that, but you have to do them individually. Whereas the larger printer, you could actually make all these different pieces and print 16 different pieces at once, you know, like right. it'd take a while. But that the end result is dope to have like that everything right then and there and not having to wait, you know, several hours. So. Yeah. Do you guys have people that send in parts and, and figures yeah. to you? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're pretty expensive on the commission side because one, I hate sending my stuff out in the mail. Like, I will tell you. <laughs> it's like a bribe. Oh, yeah. You just had one. You just had one. I know. We, we just had an incident where, I don't know if you saw our Hulk Bane hybrid that we did yes. a few weeks back. So that was a commission for a guy out in LA. And this guy has notoriously the worst mailman in the history of mailmen. And we package these things really secure. This guy literally throws boxes over the guy's fence. Mm. I mean, it's horrible. So one there's the fear of all the work being put into it. And then there's a destructive end point. And then there's no way I can let someone keep a piece like that. I literally make them send it back to me, fix it. And then I send it back to them. Um, but, you know, I, I think a, a lot of it is we just, I don't know. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to explain. Like we, we take, we, we tell people, especially like you want to keep costs down it's really difficult, right? Like, so while I have a plethora of pieces and parts and things like that, one of the things that's really important is that when parts leave, that we replenish, right? Like we, because we're continuously making, so we have to restock. And I tell people all the time, like, you know, understand that a person works eight hours a day and they make between $15 to $45 an hour, right? Like, or more, hundred. So, um, a piece like this, like the amount of effort that you pay, no matter how much you pay for it, is never. It's like priceless, right? Like it's never. You're never going to cover the amount of time that it took us to concept it, the amount of time it took us to paint it, then to detail paint it, to sculpt, to add all these things, and then we're creative. That while we're doing it, we're like, wait a minute, this is better. Let's just scrap that idea. Let's start it over. Let's start this piece again. Um, you can't really put a price to that, and so. You know, I think it's been a difficult thing for us. So in recent time, like the, like a few of our people, they like this Hulk guy who wants all these Hulks, like these Hulks go for between 50 to 75 bucks a pop at this scale. And so, you know, I'm like, price is this. You have to provide 
the 16 hulks that you want us to create. Right. Like, guy's great, though. Like, guy's smart guy. He's a really nice guy. He packs up 16 hulks, and he'll send them to us in batches of four. So mm. we'll have hulk boxes all over the place here. But that create, and he just lets us go wild. He's like, I would love for you guys to do it. Joe, fix it. Do your interpretation of it. Mm. And we would just go bonkers. Um, great client. But I've had a few of those, the six inch figures. I have a few like steady clients that are continuously asking for work who are really good at just letting us do our thing. And that's what we kind of lean more towards. But not, I'm not trying to recreate your idea. Right. We're just trying to, we want you to tell us what you want, right? And then give us an opportunity to show you what we're capable of doing for you, right? Like, we, you know, it's really difficult. Uh, and we talk about this all the time. Like when somebody thinks of something in their head, it's extremely difficult for me to interpret what you're thinking in your head, to visualize what you're thinking in your head. You know, so I, I tell people that all the time, like, trust us, you know, like we do decent work, you know, for that matter. And put your trust in us. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And if you are, hey, we'll scrap it and we'll do it all over again for you. Just to, you know, just to kind of, to kind of make you feel like, you're somewhat in control, but at the same time, let us do what we do best. And so, um, yeah, as far as that's concerned, we go a bunch of different avenues. Sometimes, I, you know, like a guy asked me, and if I have a figure, you know, I would love to for you to use the Iron Man base. I'd sit back and I'd say, you know what, like the Iron Man base, like it ain't going to give you the articulation you want. Like, you know, let's, let, how about we use this? And for the most part, people have been great. Like we really have never had any major issues with people being like, they weren't happy with something. They seem right. to be happy with what they get. So we're lucky in that sense. I would hope they would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen, man, being an artist is a crapshoot, you know, right. like, you know, as good as, as good as you can be, as good as you think you are, like there's so many different levels of that. Right. And then there's people who, may not be artistic, but they have something that, you know, it's, it's like anything. It's like your job, right? Like your boss may not be the best at what he does, but his expectation is that you achieve this, right? And so people are like that. No matter what, across the board, they, they put in their request. They'll, they'll, I'll talk them through it. But the, one, the number one thing is communication. Like we just talk and I continuously send them updates. Like, yeah, his progress one. Here's a quick sketch of what we were thinking. And then Here's like the first layout. Like I'll stick things together real quick so that they can see sort of the base of what we're doing. And then I take it all apart right. and then, you know, sand it down and paint it. But like, I like to give them sort of something for them to see throughout the process so that they can feel like they're major part of it, you know? So, yeah. Well, we've done an hour just flew by. Um, I definitely want to do this again. I feel like we could talk sure. for hours about this. Um, do you, I usually like to let my guests, you know, finish up with any like stories or anything else that you want to, you know, any message you want to get out there before we finish up and then also where people can find you online. Yeah, man. So you can find this on Facebook. So we're Lou and Aiden's on Facebook and on Facebook, we're a little bit more of like a combination of we showcase some stuff. We allow other people to showcase some stuff. And then we do a lot of news and announcements because, Hey, how could you be a geek if you don't know what's going on, right? Like we all need to know what's going on in the comic book world. We let people know what we're interested in, what we may be reading, um, just to kind of support every, you know, comic books in general and sort of this whole world. Um, then the Instagram page is really for us to showcase sort of, you know, the creativity and the talent and 
what we want people to really see and love about the work. Uh, people ask us questions on there. Um, and so, again, just remember, man, it's not always about us. It's more about just everything about what we do. We just love doing it in general. So we tell people, feel free to, you know, hit us up, ask us questions, however you want. And then, you know, in terms of the customs trade, we get a lot of questions about like, how do you guys do it? Like, how do you guys concept this crazy shit of like, you know, and we tell people, you know, what is, it just takes practice. Really, that's all it is. Like, the more you practice and the more you show, uh, the more you display your love for it and the work that you do, the more people appreciate it. And that's kind of what we want to leave you guys with. You know what I mean? Um, and thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a crazy, crazy time right now. Um, if you haven't checked out the Instagram or the Facebook, go check it out. Lou and Adams Customs. Amazing, amazing stuff. We talk a lot about geek stuff on here. You know, from from rappers who are in the geek space to artists to everything. So definitely go check that out. You won't be disappointed. Lunaden, thank you guys for stopping by. Um, I'll send you a couple messages to kind of touch base. Um, cool, man. Appreciate your time and stay safe out there. Yeah, same with you. Right. Uh, everybody stay safe out there and thanks for having us, man. All right, later, guys. All right, take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Itty Bitty Podcast. As always, make sure to subscribe rate review tell all your friends about the show share the show tell everybody you know to check it out especially while people have downtime right now next week on the show we've got um, a special guest phoenix cardavale she's a fitness instructor she works for daily burn she also um, is an actress broadcaster so she was awesome Um, we had a great conversation so that'll be the one coming up this week Um, make sure you call into the hotbox hotline 702-907-TOKE to leave a message for the choice nugs only um to leave a voicemail for choice nuts only sorry and it'll be played on the show so yeah anyway i'll talk to you guys next week thanks for tuning in